today we're continuing a series that we started a little bit ago on these parables of Jesus, uh, some places where Jesus is teaching us what it is to be kingdom people through stories. Now, in part, this was to fulfill a prophecy in the Psalms that said that he would speak through parables, that the, that the Messiah would speak and, 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 and teach us different things. And we've been learning a lot about sowing seeds and about waiting on God expectantly. We've been learning a lot of things. But today's the one, well, okay, I started teaching my New Testament class over at Stevenson University last week. And they're all there for New Testament, but the one topic they really want is the end times. And that's what they want. Can we hurry up and get to Revelation? I'm like, well, that's at the end. Well, they're like, yeah, yeah, but we want to go ahead and jump right there. Could, could we hurry up and get to, to Revelation? Jesus actually in his parables gives us some insight about the end times. Do you ever think about like the world is going to end? Have you thought about it more lately than ever? I mean, you, you kind of look and okay. I, <clears throat> There were those disaster movies. Those were real popular for a while. Do you remember those? Like it was like earthquakes and volcanoes and fires. But if you haven't seen the one that was 2012, right? Um, if you ever saw that movie, that thing is over the top. I mean, you've got buildings falling, airplanes trying to fly into the building as it's falling down because the whole earth is just being like torn up and undone. And it is the craziest end of the world uh, movie I've ever seen. I loved it. I was just like, okay, it is one piece of destruction after another. Because it's just a movie. If it had been real, I don't think I'd be so happy. But as a movie, it was quite funny. I, I, I mean, I just, I kind of, I mean, how, how over the top could they do the CG graphics, right, uh, to do all of this? And I think they were having fun with it too. Well, Jesus does talk about the end times. And at the end of his ministry on earth, he began to kind of fill us in on some things. Let's look at Matthew 24 and just read through this. And, I, you know, just like in my New Testament class, I highlighted a few things you might want to pay attention to. So let's take a look. We're just going to read through this passage. Chapter 24, verse 3. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, um, he, the other disciples came to him privately and said, tell us, when will all of this happen, these end time things? Um, uh, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? All right, they're looking for the signs, right? They want to see what's going on. Verse 4, Jesus answered, watch out, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am he or I am the Messiah, and they will deceive many, verse six. And you will hear of wars, rumors of wars, but see that you're not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come, verse seven. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There's gonna be famines and earthquakes in various places. All of these are the beginnings of the birth pains. Verse 9. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and be put to death. You will be hated by all nations because of me. And at that time, many will turn away from the faith and betray and hate one another. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. And because, verse 12, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm till the end will be saved. Verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. The disciples were asking, 
What are the signs? What, when, when is this going to happen? When is the end of the world going to come about? Um, I don't know what they did. Did they pull out a little piece of paper? Oh, we're ready. We're going to write these down. Did you? Did you jot these down? Or did you think, ah, it's in my Bible app. I can just go back and look later. Did, did, did you catch them? Well, let's pretend we did. Uh, did we get, let's check and see if we got a little checklist here. How is the world doing on these signs of these beginnings of birth pains, right? False messiahs, false prophets. I'd, I'd give that a check. I'd give that a check. I, I told you about the time when I was in Senegal, and I learned my one verse in Wolof. It was like, uh, and Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Anyone who comes follows me. Uh, I'm the way, the truth, no man comes to the Father except through me, right? Um, I, I learned this one little verse, and I quoted it in Wolof, and all of a sudden the guy beside me stopped. He said, that's what my religious teacher says. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh except to God except through him. I was like, huh. Well, they both can't be right. Jesus said it first, and Jesus rose from the dead. <laughs> that was my answer. That's who I'm going with. But someone is around there walking around Senegal at that very hour, just a few years ago, claiming he's the Messiah. False Christ, false messiahs. How about wars, rumors of wars? Boy, have they ever gotten started, right? I mean, not only have we got wars, but we keep, I mean, you, you don't have to sit long in the news and think of, <clears throat> military buildup here, military buildup there. What about this crisis in the South China Sea? What about, I mean, everybody's getting a little more nervous. Famines. Yeah. Some recent earthquakes. Yeah. Persecution. We were praying this today. Uh, we've got a, a, a friend here uh, who comes to the, the Bible study fellowship on Tuesday nights here, was asking for because he knows a guy who was just, uh, his whole family and persecution has been happening and asking for prayers. Of course persecution is happening, we know it. Apostasy, what is apostasy? That's just a fancy term for people leaving the faith, walking away saying, yeah, I don't believe that anymore. I, I, I've given up, it, it doesn't really work, it's not working for me. I, I, I don't believe in Jesus. Increase of wickedness, you've seen it, I've seen it. I love the one phrase in there where Jesus says, the love of most will grow cold. That's seen so perfectly in Baltimore driving. <laughs> That's where I see, I just keep thinking, what are you doing? Uh, <clears throat> Juwan and I are out practicing driving a little bit. He's, and all of a sudden, I mean, he's doing a great job. But let me tell you, this guy, it's the middle of the night. There was a detour. You had to turn right or turn left. We were in the right lane. We turned right. There was a guy. He should have turned left. But instead, he decided he also wanted to turn right and turned into oncoming traffic. And they're all, I thought, what is going on, buddy? Just wait 30 seconds, two seconds, five seconds more. Just pull in behind us if you wanted to turn right. But no, I got to have my way. I got to go first. I'm going to run that right, red light no matter what anybody else says. I just see love of most growing cold. You see it in the shopping store, you see, you see it everywhere. It's just me first, me in charge. I'd rather argue with you or cut you off or ghost you or whatever. The love of most growing cold, yeah, I kind of see it. Well, maybe we haven't finished this one. The gospel going to the whole world that every nation would hear. And maybe we haven't finished it. So, so we often work in this little checklist, but let's be sure we pay attention to Jesus' words. These are the beginnings of the birth pains. I, I think we have to be very careful when we look at lists like this because, well, 
Some of you all lived through World War II. And some of the same things were being said then, right? Wars, rumors of wars, famines, earthquakes, great leaders, persecution of Christians. It's not like this is the first generation that has faced this. These are some of the beginnings of the birth pains. We are called to wait patiently. We are called to anticipate. But let's talk about some other things. Let's look what he says. <clears throat> I want us to not check on how the checklist is going. What I think Jesus is really saying is what, we, what comes out when we look at his commandments to us. What did Jesus say in the passage? Did you highlight those verses? I did. Did you, did you see what he told us to do? What he instructed us to do? Look what it says. So let's, let's see how we're doing um, in this. First little thing he says is watch out for deceivers. Watch out for deceivers. Look back at uh, verse 4. The very first thing Jesus said when his disciples asked, what are the signs? Jesus didn't jump into the signs. He jumped into his instructions for his people. And he says, here's what I want you to know. You need to watch out that you are not deceived. For many will come in my name claiming I'm the Messiah and they will see, deceive many. Now, brothers and sisters, I told you about the person in Senegal. But frankly, there's not really that many people walking around, maybe in your workplace, maybe in the supermarket, maybe on your you know, street corners or on campus going, hey, <laughs> I'm the chosen one. Sign up. Follow me. I, I, I just haven't encountered that all that often, right? But aren't there all kinds of philosophies things that call us to say, to give your allegiance to, whether they might be a political agenda or, or maybe they're a financial agenda or maybe it's a way of life that even is passed down to you from, this is what you need to do for a good job. This is what you need to have for the good life. This is what you're supposed to be all about. There are different kinds of deceptions. There are different kinds of deceivers. There are different ways people are calling you to like be sold out to their agenda be sold out to their way of life, be sold out to what they think you are called to do. Listen to Jesus' words. Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come, even in my name. Whoa. Whoa. Claiming to be a Christian leader, saying this is the right way. Deception can come. Conception can come in all kinds of forms. How in the world are we going to avoid this? When the Apostle Paul gives instructions about the end time, because he does, especially in the Thessalonian later, letters, he also says the same thing. Watch out for deception. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the first thing he says in verse 3 is, don't let anyone deceive you in any way. In any way. For that day, the day of Jesus' return, will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness, this antichrist-type figure, is revealed. The man who is doomed to destruction, he will oppose and exalt himself over everything that is called God and is worshipped so that he sets himself up in God's temple proclaiming himself to be God. Okay, here's this like I antichristy kind of guy setting himself up somehow in God's temple does that mean the church does that mean a temple of the Israelites that's been rebuilt in Jerusalem does that mean we don't know there are people who claim they know I don't think they know not sure 
But there's going to be a guy that's going to claim, I'm the dude, I'm the one. And he's not. Don't be deceived. Paul says, don't be tricked. It's the same kind of word. But I want you to see what John, the Apostle John, says in 1 John chapter 2. Look what he says. Verse 18. Dear children, this is the last hour. As you've heard that there, the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. And this is how we know it's the last hour. We need to realize that there are deceptions and deceivers and, like I said, philosophies and people and even Christians and religious leaders that want you to buy into their maybe pet theology that might be kind of, kind of, kind of a narrow interpretation. And look, there are narrow interpretations. Jesus rose from the dead. You have to have faith in him. Yes. But there are some other things that are more secondary or tertiary issues that people claim, no, this is the biggest thing. This is the main thing. And you got to make sure you believe it exactly this way or divide the body of Christ. It can be a way of deception. Brothers and sisters, there, there, there are people that are calling you into a commitment of how you spend your money and your time that, that may be against what the Lord has for you. And yet, it seems like it's the wisdom of the age. It seems like it's the right way to go. I work with a lot of college students, and we talk a lot about some well-meaning parental advice. Maybe you were one that gave that advice. Maybe you've received that advice. But they've said, this is the way your life will go. This is the way it's going to work out. And a lot of times our parents have some really good advice for us. But sometimes it's not exactly what the Lord has called us to. My parents were believers. They loved Jesus. They loved God. They wanted me to follow Jesus with all of my heart and life. As long as it was close to home. Follow Jesus right, right here. I mean, the Metroplex is big. I mean, there's a lot of great opportunities to serve Jesus right here. <clears throat> New York seems so far away. Why would you go up there to serve Jesus? Right here is good enough. Well, the way I, I helped convince them <clears throat> is we also were looking at a job in Tashkent, Uzbekistan. Um, <clears throat> and then New York seemed great. New York, yeah, New York, yes. Go, go to New York. Uzbekistan seems too far away, so a little strategy there for you, young one, to, you know, oh, mom, I'm thinking about going, okay, but now I'm just going to do this. Okay, then it seems, it's, you know, the easier one, okay. Anyway, a little bit, a pill that was easier to swallow, perhaps. Brothers and sisters, my parents were well-meaning, but was their heart in the right place completely? Well, we all want our loved ones to be close. We all, that's not a bad thing, but we can, the enemy can use that, right? Living sacrifices holy and acceptable to him. Watch out for all manner of deceptions. We're not going to spend time, but you allow the Holy Spirit to help guard your heart. You let God's word help guard your heart against maybe a political philosophy or someone with a political agenda or someone with an economic agenda or, a, or, or, a, or an employment type of schema that, that, that may not be what God has for you and has called you to. Brothers and sisters, stay close to the Lord connected to his word, stay filled with his spirit so that we might kind of have our little deception detector. So that even when there's well-meaning deceptions, we'll be aware. We'll be aware. Number two, I think this passage calls us, and Jesus' words are very clear, don't be afraid. Not only don't, don't uh, watch out for the deceivers, but he's very clear, 
don't become afraid of oncoming troubles. Oncoming troubles. They're going to happen. Look, that's what he says in verse 6, right? You will hear of wars, rumors of wars. Don't be alarmed. Don't be alarmed. I'm scared of war. I, I, war is like my big, like, no-no, right? We do not need another global conflict. Sometimes I feel like we go too long and we forget what war is like. Honestly, I never lived through one that were, where there was a draft and where lots of my friends. I mean, our first war that I've seen, the only ones were like the Gulf War and later Afghanistan. I mean, yes, these were long. Yes, people lost their lives. But, but it wasn't the same kind of thing as World War II when, when the whole nation was mobilized and everyone knew someone who ha had perished. And um, it's just different. And I think sometimes we become a little bit desensitized to, to, to the heaviness and, and, and to the severity and to the reality of what war can be. And yet the truth of the matter is, wars, rumors of wars will come. Jesus said it. We're not supposed to long for it. There's no glory in it. But all there is is we are called to endure and we are called to not fear. That's what he says. Do not be alarmed. Do not be alarmed. Do not be afraid. Look, even if it is the end times, even if it's some kind of cataclysmic Armageddon type of war, don't be afraid because we know the winner. We know the king. We know Jesus. And here's what Paul says about Jesus and that final war. Uh, Jesus says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and then the lawless, must, the lawless one, <clears throat> that's not drivers in Baltimore, no, the lawless one, the antichrist person, then the lawless one will come and be revealed whom the Lord will, what? Overthrow with the breath of his mouth? Oh, Satan can rage. Satan can be upset and then throw all of the force of his might. And when Jesus comes, like a feather, he just, Jesus overcomes with the splendor of his coming, with the breath of his mouth, and destroy by the splendor of his coming. Jesus is the King. Jesus is the Lord. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 12, it says, Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and to the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He's filled with fury, because he knows his time is short. Ultimately, Jesus reigns. So the two things that are very, very clear in both Paul and Jesus' words are that we're not to be deceived and we're not to be afraid. But there is a third point that is in the text, but it's not spoken directly as an imperative, directly as a command. But I think it's hinted at all the way through Jesus's parables about the end times. Because he gives us three parables in this passage in Matthew 24. And it's for us to do this. It is for us to actively wait amidst uncertainty. Actively wait amidst uncertainty. So that's what I really want to focus on today is, are you actively waiting? And what in the world does active waiting look like? Well, there are three parables, like I said, that give us uh, a clue to what active waiting actually looks like and what it's supposed to do in our lives. Number one, are you ready? Parable of the fig tree. The lesson of the fig tree. Jesus wants us to be aware. Look at verse 32 of Matthew 24. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twi twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. 
Even so, when you see all of these things, you know that it is near, right at the door. What is Jesus telling us by this little parable? Don't just stick your head in the ground. Don't ignore the news. Don't be unaware. Now, I know it can be depressing, right? Some of you, I feel like there's almost two extremes. There are the news junkies, right? Any, any, any of you guys want to admit to that one? Like MSNBC, CNN, whatever news feed. I mean, it's just constant. You're just, they call them doom scrollers. Have you ever heard that term? A doom scroller? Or you're just scrolling down whatever feed you have to look for the, 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 the worst news of the day. And you're, you're just, you just kind of keep looking. It could be Facebook or whatever, but you just keep doom scrolling. You just keep going down to see what kind of disaster is next. Be careful, because there's a lot of deceivers out there, right? AI is cranking out all kinds of false information. Um, doom scrolling is, is dangerous in and of itself. But there are those of you that are captured by the news. You love it. You're news junkies. But then there's some of us that are the, no news is good news, right? And I'm just not even going to turn it on. I'm not opening the paper. I don't have any news feed. I don't want to be aware. 6.30 is not time for the, the news on TV. That's time for, you know, I don't know, Wheel of Fortune or something. But, but, but you're kind of checking out something else. You almost sort of want to be oblivious. Jesus says, no, 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 no. Learn the lesson of the fig tree. Be aware. It's okay for us. We don't have to be obsessed by it. We don't have to try to figure out times or dates. In fact, we're called not to. But he does tell us to be aware because when you see these things, they are reminders. They are reminders that Jesus is coming back. They are reminders that, that, that the Lord is coming. They are reminders. Now, brothers and sisters, you got all kinds of reminders today. Anybody going to miss 3 o'clock today? I don't know if you've got alarms that are set. You're going to watch the pregame going up to it. Everybody's been kind of aware all week long. I go to Dunkin' Donuts, and they got signs out there, you know, you know, support the flock or whatever. I mean, you, it's everywhere. Purple's everywhere, except for some reason I forgot to wear it today. But everybody else, I, I, some of you uh, brought that up. This one stripe is purple. I'm telling you, it is. Okay. We have tons of reminders about everything else in our lives. It's okay for us to be aware of what's going on in the world, for us to be praying about the needs in the world. But it's okay for us to be aware because it reminds us that Jesus is coming back. There is an end. There is a return. That's actually important to us, right? <clears throat> School's coming. I got to get my Blackboard site set up before class starts tomorrow. Um, one of the things that I do is it, it has a constant little reminder of how many total points they have. I keep telling my class, look at your total points, because that reminds you, if you don't get 300 points, you don't get a, a D. If you don't get 350, you don't get a C. If you want an A, you got to get 465 points. And you can just watch. Are you getting there? Are you approaching? Are you get, right? Watch your points. Are you going to get the grade you want? Be aware. As we see these bad things in the world, as we see these signs that are coming, these beginnings of birth pains as, as they come, we are reminded as God's people that there is an end, that Jesus is coming back, and hey, that calls us into a certain way of living. 
It reminds me that maybe retirement funds are not the most important thing. Hey, it reminds me that maybe um, school is not always the most important thing. It reminds me that, hey, maybe my career is not always the most important thing. There is an end to this life. There is an end to things to come. I need to be aware in part because it's good for me in my heart. Jesus is where my future is. He is where my eternity is. He is where my hope is. He is my treasure. Everything else temporary. So we are called to be aware in part because it helps us. It helps us. Um, there's an application. Here's how I would say it. Don't be worried and upset when, when these end time events occur. That's what he tells us not to be worried. To be expectant and aware of the precursors because many actually will be surprised. Look at verse 36. But about the day and the hour, no one knows. No one knows the day and the hour, not even the angels in the heaven, nor even the sun. Jesus has shed, and when he took off some of his glory, I think he shed this knowledge as he became one of us. He limited himself, and so he says that he doesn't even know the day and the hour, but only the Father. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the day coming of the Son of Man. What does he mean? You remember Noah and the flood um, when it just came on everyone in Matthew 24, 38, it says, for in the days of the, before the flood, people were eating, they were drinking, they were marrying and being given in marriage right up to the day when Noah entered the ark, verse 39, and they knew nothing. Surprise, surprise. Be aware so it doesn't catch you at surprise. They knew nothing that would happen when the flood came and took them all away. He says, that's how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Therefore, keep watch because you don't know on what day your Lord will come. Be aware. Be aware. Parable number two we're going to look at is this one. It's the lesson of the thief. That's to be ready. To be ready. And you put these things up there like these little cameras now, or you got the doorbell camera, right? People are ringing their door, and you're already like, you're, you're, you're like off at the store, or you're at work, and you're like got something on your phone that's telling you who's at your front door. Anybody got these things now? All right, right? You're, you're, different ways of security. We have really improved this stuff. But here's the deal. Look what Jesus says. I don't think we've improved the understanding of this parable. Look at verse 43. Understand this, Jesus says. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would have not let his house be broken into. Verse 44. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you don't expect. Huh. You just don't know. Now, some people try to figure it all out, and i got to be honest, I think it's a waste of time. Jesus said you're not going to know, but here's what he does tell you. Be ready. Be ready. Some of you are not spiritually ready. Wait, what? Some of you just aren't spiritually ready. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. Jesus is going to come back, and he's going to say, away from me, I never knew you, because he doesn't know you. Now, he knows of you, right? But you don't, are not in relationship with him because you have never said, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. I need to be born again. I need to be regenerated. I need to have your Holy Spirit in my life. I need to be all you need to be. You are not spiritually ready. Now, you pretend. I mean, come to church. You do all these things. Uh, it's fine, and you can do those things, but it won't be fine on that day. And here's the deal. If you're kind of like, well, nobody's probably breaking in my house tonight. Jesus isn't probably coming tonight. You have to be ready. The chance is gone. 
I tell my students, <clears throat> all the grace is given on the, all the bonus points, all the extra credit, all the reading assignments, everything is now. If you come to me at the end, it's like, oh, but I just needed a few more points for an A or just a few more points to pass. It's too late. When the door is shut and the final grades are in, when that final exam you've given to me, I'm done. I don't take any more points. There are no more options. You got to do it now. Because when it comes, there's going to be no more time. Lesson of the thief. If you knew what time, of course you'd be ready. But you don't know because not knowing requires you to have faith. Requi not knowing requires you to respond to Jesus now because you don't know if it will be tomorrow or tonight or this hour. You don't know, so you respond to Jesus now. We all need to be ready. There's an old song back from the, the Jesus movement, right? And some of you guys watched that movie, Jesus Revolution and everything, and it was telling the story. Of that. But the song just goes, I wish we'd all been ready. I wish we'd all been so we don't know the times and the dates. Don't waste your time trying to figure it out, but be ready spiritually. You can't be ready for every physical contingency that'll come up, but you can be ready for the one spiritual contingency that matters. Do you know Jesus? Will you be his? Is eternity with him yours? Or will you be shut out from the glory of his presence? Because you didn't believe. You didn't respond. Last parable. It's the parable of the unwise steward, the unwise steward. And I think the call of this one is to be diligent, to be diligent in what God has given you to do. Look at what he says in Matthew 24, verse 45. And who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of all of the servants of his household to give them their food at their proper time? It would be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth. He will put him in charge of all his possessions. Verse 48. But suppose the servant's wicked and says to himself, you know, my master's a long time. He's staying away a long time. And he begins to beat his fellow servants. He begins to eat and drink with the drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him. And in an hour he's not aware of, he will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing. We've all seen tragedies of religious leaders who have not been living faithfully, who have not been doing and discharging the duties of their ministries faithfully. So maybe this one is just for me, but let's face facts. We're a body of Christ. You are called to be his and to be his servant as well. He's given you things to do. <clears throat> I visited my little nieces in um, this past few they're my sort of adopted nieces uh, this past week and got to see them. We had a fun time playing all kinds of little things, right? Um, but then all of a sudden, as we were sort of sitting there, and the mom, we were all kind of sitting there, and we were reading a story or whatever, the oldest girl starts cleaning her room a little bit. I, I don't know why, and her mom's like, I don't know what's going on. But she's cleaning the desk, and she's cleaning her sister's little desk, and she's wiping down mirrors, and she's running off to the bathroom, and she's like, I'm going to clean the bathroom. Now, she's four and a half, five. It's like, I'll clean the kitchen too. I'm wiping up the floor. And her mom's like, yeah. I, I said, well, your daughter must really like it clean. And the mom just laughed. She's just like crazy laughing. Like, I've never seen this before. She got very diligent, very busy, right? Because we've all had that experience, like walking in on your child where you're like, okay, I need you to go clean your room. And you go to the room and what's the child doing? Playing with something, right? They're not taking a nap. They're doing anything but cleaning the room. So what was going on here? We all into the spiritual procrastination, right? 
spiritual procrastination. We're saying, oh, Jesus, he's, you know, I am going to read my Bible. I am going to do that. I, 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 I'm going to get started on that. 2027, that's going to be the, once my kids are raised, that's when I'm going to really pursue the Lord. Once they get done with college, I'm going to devote myself. You know, once I hit retirement, that's going to be my time for seeking the Lord. We can spend our whole lives procrastinating. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to do the work. Today is the day that if he comes, me, comes back today, I want him finding me doing the work that he's given me to do. I don't want him to walk in like my mom used to do and, well, I was supposed to clean up my room and instead I'm playing with the Legos that I was supposed to put back in the bucket, right? Instead, I don't want to be the guy who's wasted my life not doing the work that Jesus has called me to do. So what is the application? Be faithful. Be faithful in all God's given you. Be aware of spiritual procrastination, that actively waiting is not the same as procrastination. Actively waiting involves us doing what God has called us to do. Second Peter chapter three, above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their evil desires. They'll say, where is this coming uh, that he promised? Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has been since the beginning of creation. Verse 9, but the Lord's not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting any one of us to perish, but to everyone to come to repentance. The Lord's been patient. The Lord's been patient. So let's be active, not procrastinators. Let's be those who respond to him in faith and in diligent faithfulness. 2 Peter chapter 3 goes on, but the Lord, on the day the Lord will come like a thief, the heavens will disappear with a roar, the elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Verse 11, since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. So as you're waiting for his return, Listen to this, don't wait, don't wait to receive this new life in Christ. Today, if you've heard his voice, if you've never responded to Jesus, today, right where you are, will you just say, Jesus, come into my life? I can't wait any longer. I don't know when the end will be for me or when you're coming back, will you respond? But also, those of you who are believers, don't wait to do the work that God's entrusted you to do. Do it, jump in, get involved, get faith. Let's find where God used me and finally, don't wait to live in righteousness and holiness. If there's sin in your life, it's time to cut it out. It's time to get rid of it. What kind of life should we live, uh, Peter asked us, in view of all of this? Lives of godliness and righteousness and holiness. Today, if you need to respond to Jesus, if you're like, I, I need to commit my life to him, I, I wanna do it right now, I'll be here, Pastor Barry's here, Pastor Dave, if you need to speak with one of us, we'd be happy to share with you how it is to, to respond to Jesus Christ. For the rest of us, is there something that you're not doing? Maybe it's joining this church. Maybe it's getting plugged into a ministry here. Maybe it's somewhere else. Would you respond as God is calling you? We're going to sing one more song as we kind of close our service today. Will you respond in the way Jesus is calling you? Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your son who warned us of the things to come. Thank you that these don't need to catch us off guard or make us afraid. Thank you that you have called us to wait. Wait patiently and wait actively. God, would you help us?
be those who are completely surrendered, wholly giving our lives to you as you've called us to. We pray this in the name of Jesus.